This is the Church Planning Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Every week we sit down with leaders who are shaping church planning efforts. Here's your host, Josh Taransky and Clint Clifton. Hey, welcome to the Church Planting Podcast. My name is Josh Taransky, and I'm joined by Clint Clifton. Clint, great to uh, see your face virtually on my phone. And uh, are you ready to talk about church planting? I'm born ready. <laughs> I know you are. Always this is ready. your sweet spot. This is the stuff <laughs> we love to talk about every week. Oh, man. This we never were... gets old, does it? No, it doesn't ever get old. And we'd love to hear from those of you that are in the process. Um, we'd love to hear from you. We're always thinking about what would be helpful. And uh, yeah, I mean, we're kind of in the world and answering questions. And so we've got a somewhat of a sense of what topics are a blessing to people tuning in. But we would love to hear from you. Um, I'm, so, so, I'm, always, yeah. I'm somewhat surprised, though, Josh. Sometimes like we'll, we'll do an episode on something and I think, ah, this is just going to kind of be just another week. And people are, respond like, super positively yeah like we did an episode on side hustle this past week and lots of response from that like i would say like four times the amount of response we normally would get from an episode and then um sometimes i'm thinking man people are gonna love this episode and crickets nothing yeah so yeah i don't know i have no yeah. idea so tell us like, absolutely yeah yeah we've got the facebook page uh the church planting podcast we've got the website um, we've got all kinds of ways that people can connect with us. You can share your thoughts, feedback. Uh, we would love to hear all of that stuff. Right. Yeah. So on this episode, you had a conversation with Thomas West, and he yeah. is a planter in London. So we're going yeah. international. Going international, yeah. And this is interesting because Thomas is an American dude and a uh, really smart guy. Like, you know, if have you ever um, been in like Target and you see like the Barbie aisle and there's there's Barbie and then there's the dude, Ken? Yeah. Um, this is this is him. He looks like Ken. <laughs> um, just like the perfect man, you know. He's got, he's just smart. He's got blonde hair that waves in the breeze. And, you know, he's just, he's just all the right things. And uh, yeah, the Lord prepared him for ministry and he did some ministry here in the U.S. for a while and then God called him to London. And so he, he went about the U.S. raising money uh, for that. And then he moved his family over to London and they got there, got settled in, got ready to launch a church and then COVID hit. And so um, wow. they are. Uh, so we're going to hear about their church planning journey in London in the midst of COVID. Man, I, I love London, so I can't wait to hear it. Now, do you, um, do you think that people in London love to hear the American accent as much as we like the British accent? I can't imagine they do, since I love the British accent so much. I mean, I would rather hear a British accent than almost anything in the world. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, this is fun. I haven't, I, we're, we're promoing this, and I haven't even heard the interview yet. I can't wait to hear it myself. My actual, the pastor that sent me out here to Baltimore, he was a church planter in London. Yeah. And uh, so I appreciate the, the kind of crossover there between the two. Um, yeah. What are you hoping that uh, church planters will hear as they listen to Thomas's story? Yeah. Well, um, you know, his story is very much, very much in the first quarter. I mean, he's, you know, we're going to, it's going to play out. Who knows how it's going to play out? Um, you know, guys that are, um, 
with that sort of tenacity and ambition that would go across the pond and, and attempt to plant a church. I mean, they're, they're cross-cultural missionaries, you know, as well as church planters. So they're trying to, um, assimilate themselves and their family into a new environment. And so, I, I mean, I think, you know, I think just hearing the story of a, a person who's, who's added the layer of complexity onto their work, um, that would cause them to go to a place like London, uh, that's, you know, incredibly diverse and, uh, complicated to plant a church in secular, um, you know, so in some ways, maybe it's morbid, but in some ways those, those help me feel a little bit better about my situation. You know, when I hear somebody that's in a, in a context that's a little bit harder than mine, I, I tend yeah. to, I tend to, you know, it, t- it tends to make me go, you know, I can do this. I can do this. Um, yeah. people are doing it in harder contexts than me. So, yeah. And that's so true. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, let's uh, hear a word from our sponsor, and then we'll jump right into this interview that you did with Thomas West. Have you ever had that experience of hearing a great idea? I mean, a truly great idea and thinking, oh, why couldn't that have been my idea? Well, I had that experience recently when I ran across a company called Space Together. Now, Space Together was founded by a church planter, and Space Together is to the church world what Airbnb is to your family. It lets you rent out your church space as easily as Airbnb lets you rent out your home. You can rent out a part of the building for like a specific day and time, or you can rent out the building in an ongoing way in a time where your facility is underutilized. And Space Together has this great technology that helps you take underutilized church space and create new opportunities for your congregation. Exclusively for Church Planning Podcast listeners, Space Together is offering a $1 posting fee. You can post your space on Space Together for just $1 when you use the coupon code PLANTER. And if you're a church planter that needs space, go on Space Together and look at the places that they're offering and maybe you'll find the perfect spot for your new church. You can learn more about Space Together at their website, spacetogether.com. Thomas West, welcome to the Church Planting Podcast. Thanks, Clint. Happy to be on with you, man. Yeah, yeah. So um, you are going to be the, uh, I think the first, yeah, you're definitely the first uh, church planner from London that we've ever had on the podcast. Uh, and you're you're not from London, though. Where are you from? That's right. Yeah, born and raised in Montgomery, Alabama. I uh, was at Auburn from 2004 to 2008, War Eagle, 10 good yeah. years in Raleigh, North Carolina. And I've uh, been in London for 13 months now. Okay. All right. And I just, I just watched what I could of your, um, your one year update before, uh, we got on here. Really, uh, really cool to both see your neighborhood and, um, and hear about the, the good things the Lord's done, even in the midst of all the craziness that's happened since you got there. I mean, that's really exciting to see. So tell us, tell us about, uh, the call to London and how, how that happened um, help us to get inside the story a little bit. Yeah, uh, the call to the call to London. A, a few things were were really uh, drawing us in. Um, the you know, you know this. The Lord puts us in these environments to where it's actually our environment that God's using to really speak to us about what he what He's calling us into. Uh, I was my time uh, being a college pastor at Providence Baptist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, we started partnering with the North American Mission Board and uh, just getting involved in church planting. We got involved with some wonderful guys in Toronto, Mike Seaman and Daniel Yang. I would mobilize little groups of college students, take them up to Toronto, and we'd help those guys for a week and just kind of be around. And it was actually just as a pastor, getting involved in church planting, just kind of helping other people, just trying to put a shoulder under their work for a week at a time, that God really started working on my own life. Um, So 
was involved with some of the stuff with uh, with Nam. Um, Extend was kind of like really taking root and just being invited into some conversations and around that was really formative and shaping as well. College ministry itself. I mean, man, just trying to like reach the unreached on a college campus. Oftentimes those campuses are the most advanced cities within the city that was working on me. And then my dissertation research on Leslie Newbigin, British missionary and theologian. God used all of that as the, the context to really speak and give me an opportunity to hear him, to trust him and to obey him and to step into London. Uh, interesting. Now, had you spent had you spent time in London? Did you have any contacts or any individuals that you knew who lived there and ministered there? No. In fact, um, I've been to London once uh, five years ago. My wife Elizabeth and I took a research trip for my dissertation. My first time going to England, I was you know head down in the trenches doing college ministry at Providence and Raleigh in the final stages of a dissertation through Southeastern Seminary. I go to England just to do research. And I was like, man, this place is actually kind of cool, but man, it's no joke. My wife and I, we just did all the super touristy things in London when we had a week in London, just us for just some time. Dude, we, we did the bus tour, we went to tea, we did all the stuff thinking, and we were joking to each other. We're never coming back. We might as well just go for it. But it's actually like walking around um, not even like looking for it that we just sense God starting to speak to us about what yeah. it could look like. So all the networking and everything that's really been spun up in these last 18 months, it was, yeah. uh, just the Lord kind of putting a city on our hearts and we didn't know a soul there. Yeah. Well, you, you had kind of prepared for ministry professionally, like somebody who was approaching ministry to do full time in the United States as a pastor, you'd gone through seminary, um, and, and then you take this like strong, you know, left turn r- right before you emerge, you know, step out into the, into the ministry field. Um, I, that had to be a little bit nerve wracking, not just to go into church planting, which is sort of nerve wracking enough, but to do it in a, a context that doesn't really put you I, as an IMB missionary sort of guy. It doesn't really put you as a church planter with, uh, you know, with NAM support and, uh, help it puts you in this this weird middle ground so how did how did how did your you know mind wrestle through that because you know how church planning works you know how missionary work works and you know this is neither one of those yeah yeah clint that's one of the things i've always appreciated about you is your, your ability just to kind of like see a situation for what it is and just to kind of name it it's it's like it's not really this it's not really this it's not really that it's it's kind of a that that yeah. that that thin line where all those circles overlap. This is this is that thing, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess this is simultaneously or simultaneously. I forget. Uh, it, it's it's simultaneously encouraging because you have just enough awareness or wherewithal for how it goes for them and how it goes for them that you can then say, "I got an idea of how this is going to play," mm-hmm. but at the same time, you never know anything fully. So right. it's, it's as if it really feels like we're kind of running some plays to a playbook that doesn't exist yet with every yeah. decision that we lay down. We're really just kind of scribbling out. I guess it could kind of go like this. Um, so much of the motivation for what we're doing was, was given by, you know, David Platt. He, he came to Providence, spoke at crew one night, and then we we're at a little pastor round table afterwards. And it was when he was still over the IMB 
and he was he was just starting to drip the idea for global cities initiative right and that really landed because i just got back from that research trip and i was just thinking to myself i'm like man like he's right where are the churches that just make it their personal responsibility to come together and to resource a church plants or in a small team to go into a place and to do this so right um yeah it's it 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 feels pioneer. It feels frontier, but there's enough awareness around us where we're able to triangulate what feels like some good decision. Yeah, and ironically enough, I think I think what you what we're talking about here is we're we're tapping the door of a change that's coming. I think in missiology and certainly in church planting and the globalization of the world, it's inevitable. I think too. Um, but you've got a city like London, it, like a lot of other cities in North America, you've got IMB personnel in London, you've got, um, you've got church planters in London, like British church planters in London. Um, and you've got then this random American dude and his, his friends who come over, who's not IMB, although you are Southern Baptist and who's not, um, you know, who's not a, a traditional kind of British church planter. And you do, you fall into this weird category. Um, but actually in some ways, um, you know, has, has probably set you up well because you have been able to go to churches and, you know, raise your support directly from churches from what I understand. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, we're able to go to churches, uh, most within the Southern Baptist convention, but a handful from without and basically share the vision for what it looked like for us to work together, for there to be a coalition of sending churches working together to plan to start a new church in London that could start new churches. Yeah. And that's something that in our experience, a lot of churches, they, they want in on that. I mean, right. there's, there's nothing wrong with organizations. There's nothing wrong with big boards. I, I'm a huge fan. I've been, I've been shaped through those ministries by participating in those offerings. There's just something when a church is able to say, wow, partner with this guy in this yeah. place, and we can just call him and come to see him. That just that just really seems to have landed for a, a lot of people in this last 18 months of sharing the vision. And we're, we're so glad to be working with about 18 um, really unique and significant churches as we seek to start this one new church. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, you know, in some ways it's heightened the importance of you connecting with churches uh, here and then really feeling part of the work that you're doing. There's a real dependency on those churches. You and your team are there, you know completely um, dependent upon their support. So how has the whole um, situation with the coronavirus um, affected the work that you do positively and negatively? Yeah, we're in that, uh, you know, this last year has been that weird year where you're wondering, is this year zero or is this year one? I don't know. Let's just do the next thing and see how it comes out. And we're just doing the things. The, the, the real marker for us was a carols service, uh, like a think the Christmas Eve candlelight service at your church right. just advanced earlier in December. A hundred people from the community came out um, on the back of just a lot of outreach and prayer and planning. And it was like, it was like, wow, like God's, God's really, God's really doing something here. We had a few information gatherings on the heels of that. We were prepared to take our one community group, multiply it to three we're ready to start meeting twice a month in preview gatherings and then lockdown. Uh, yeah. London was locked down for 13 hard weeks. And as London was locking down, um, we, ha- we had about two weeks where we could start to pivot, where we could start to move into a new, a new position. 
thankfully yeah. uh, pub chats community group and the sessions the our our weekend gathering all of that went online right away um with with little to no hiccup so we we're able to yeah. continue meeting just digitally we we're able to launch two new things though one within care for queens park our neighborhood outreach ministry we we're able to drop some flyers through doors um this wasn't super unique a lot of people were doing this and just find ways, man, is there a way we can care for the vulnerable? And then in God's grace, we we're able to bring some meals, some medicine, um, and some resources by to our neighbors and just to love on them and tell them we're here. Yeah. We also had a way people could do that digitally. The other thing that we started doing is we started, uh, we had 20,000 custom copies of the Gospel of Mark made, and we started mm -hmm. dropping that through our neighbor's door. We figure if you're locked up for 13 weeks, might as well give you something to read. So yeah. we're able to care for the community. And in God's incredible grace, I think it actually created a lower bar for entry into, into Redeemer, where right. people were able to come by and kind of shop us out a little more easily yeah. around community group in the weekends. Uh, in yeah. God's incredible grace, man, we actually added six people to our launch team in the midst of lockdown. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. Now you brought a pretty big team. I'm considering how far you went, you brought a pretty big team from the United States. Um, why'd you do that? How'd you do that? Uh, some guys going 10, 10 minutes down the street can't get a team that big together. So how'd you, how'd you pull that off? Man. I mean, God, God went before us like, like he, like he did on everything else. We were, as we were sharing the news, um, uh, with churches that were interested in partnering with us, um, Many churches have people they've been trying to mobilize for mission, specifically business professionals looking to move into a global city. Um, the idea of partnering directly with a church plant there, well, we can just put them in touch and they can work out the details from there. Right. We assessed 100 people at the widest point of the funnel, uh, 50 of which we actually moved into a meeting mode with, 30 of the 50 um, we met routinely with. Uh, we took a vision trip in January of 19 uh, to London with about 18 people. All this cashed out to seven American adults making the move initially, two more joining later. So whereas we talked to 100 people at the widest point of the funnel, nine yeah. Americans moved to London to begin this church plant. Right. I think there's I think there's like a lesson there for, for guys who are planting churches in the United States. Like... Um, so many things like there's a several lessons in there, but one of them is you're only going to get a fraction of what you aim at. And so if you aim low, you're going to, you're going to get a fraction of that low aim. Um, so the fact that you engage so many people in that conversation as uh, allowed you to refine that. And I'm, I'm assuming that those seven people you took, you were pretty confident about it then when they went and how's that worked out? Yeah, it's, it's been great. So uh, my wife, Elizabeth, and I, the West family, Daniel and Paige Evans, Daniel's my associate in the church plant. So we're the two staff families, if you will. Yeah. David and Ashley Brown, David, a, a wonderful man, banker and entrepreneur. I realize that those two all, always don't seem like they go together, but they in fact do. Banker and entrepreneur moves to the neighborhood to open a neighborhood co-working space called The Good okay. Space, which has been open for five weeks now. They're doing quite well. And then a wonderful woman, 31-year-old woman named Renee McBride from Summit Apex Campus, joins in with us as a school teacher. Okay. Um, so you show up, you have an initial seed or deposit on what the church is going to be in seven people. And in this last year, that initial team of seven has grown to a team of 18, with even more on the fringes looking to come in and be a part. 
And of those those others who have joined you, what's that? Um, Eleven people who have joined you have are are those um, Americans or are they Brits? Yeah, great question. Nine Americans and nine internationals. Just everyone else's. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, four four Brits, um, one Singaporean, two Brazilians, one Mexican, and and one one African guy. It's, I love it's it. just I really see. cool to be a part of. Yeah, I love it. That feels like Washington D.C. <laughs> uh man so cool so cool to be able to be a part of something like that and to see the lord building his church uh in the midst of it um is so incredible you know i'm just i the longer the covid situation goes on the more um encouraged and excited i am about what the lord's doing you know of course uh, summit's announcement this um when this airs a few weeks ago that they're going to be breaking into 2,400 house churches. Incredible. You know, so many other large churches are going to be making decisions and moves like that. And in a, in a really odd way, church plants are positioned better than any other churches um, right now. And so that's, that's so exciting. So uh, talk about the um, emotional, spiritual um, side of walking on this journey with your family um, church planning stressful and hard as it is uh, to go into a new context. Um, you, you're experiencing the negatives of both church planting and cross-cultural missions. So talk to me about that. Yeah. When I, when I look back on this last year, um, two, two things are just really, really clear for me. Um, number one, um, leadership is lonely. And at the same time, this last year was better than we expected. So my wife, Elizabeth, and I will commonly say this last year was harder than we thought it would be. And at mm-hmm. the same time, this last year was better than we thought it would be. It was harder than we thought it would be because there's nothing that can really prepare a man to courageously march ahead of his six friends and lead them into a new place to do a new thing. You know, yeah. it's just that cold chill of, 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 of the wind of leadership at the front of that that uh, can be disorienting. I mean, had some time in this last year where I felt overwhelmed. Um, actually, right when lockdown was ending and, you know, the, the permissions were being let where we could get out and about, actually a new wave of anxiety and stress uh, set up on me there um, to where it was just overwhelming. And um, actually, you know, just, just had to spend some time just trying to really trust and like bring myself back to Psalm 46, just spend some time just sinking deeper and deeper into that. Leadership is, it's just lonely. You go through a number of experiences, you build the number of things you try to create the number of different settings, but all those, all those, you know, smaller, um, all those smaller cubs and all those smaller um, things that you slay on the way that they, they, yeah. they, they really try to prepare you for that lion that is a church plant, but nothing quite gets you there for it. So leadership's lonely. Um, Elizabeth and the kids have done, have done really well. Elizabeth's resilient. Mm-hmm. Um, the kids have done great. My four-year-old son, Shepard, he's probably doing better than the rest of us because yeah. he's just more oblivious than anybody. My daughter, Perry, seven years old, had some tough moments in this last year, especially in lockdown. So we've really yeah. been pouring into her and investing in her this summer as we've been stateside resting yeah. and recovering for a few weeks. That's so good. So good. Well, what are you excited about? Optimistic about you're going back in uh, two weeks or something like that. Uh, tell me about what you're excited about, about getting back uh, uh, to London and, and getting to work. Yeah. I mean, we have a couple of conversations. I'm excited. Number one, about growing the launch team. Number two, about yeah. Redeemer meeting in person. Again, and number three about trying to actually formally launch this thing in early January. So 
there's a few people that are on the fringes of the launch team. Um, we're really hoping that in the next couple of weeks, we actually see the team go from 18 to 22 or 24 people, which mm -hmm. when you consider just one year into a global city, if we'd be sitting at 22, 24, totally committed people, understand yeah. the mission and values of what we're trying to do, ready to launch it. That, that would just be tops if God mm -hmm. would give us that. Community groups and some of our local outreach will resume as a safe and sensible over September and October. And we're yeah. really looking forward to just being in the community a little more, exercising some of those community rhythms, both as a church and within the space that God has us. And we have a plan in place right now where we hope we can launch Redeemer on Saturday, January 9th, 2021, where we can okay. launch with a formally public, here's the local church, come to it, kids ministry, worship ministry, and all the rest. Now, obviously, there's that, there's that ominous second wave that's somewhere on the horizon. No one can see it. But if that comes through, we're content to fall back to Easter. But we're ready to go for January. We have some plans that will be slowly unfolding and deploying to hopefully have us in position there. Um, as hard as this last year was, it does feel like some of those uh, difficulties are going to be behind us because we've gone through one year of culture shock. We hope things feel a little more normal and a little more natural. We're able to trust Jesus and continue hearing, trusting, and obeying him over the next six months towards launch. All right, man, that's great. That's great. Well, uh, because you're in such a high profile spot and the spot that, you know, lots of people are thinking about and seeing, you know, in uh, media and whatnot, tell us how a church could get involved with helping you and um and how they could how they could support you and pray for you and be engaged engage their church in the work that's very cool i appreciate you asking clint um if i could just say the word if guys could do what you do in, in keeping up with me and just dropping me a note every once in a while hey man i remember you i see you i know you're there um this this the the personal touch that that you and others give i gotta slot that really really high because hmm. partnerships for some, they, 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 may, they may seem or feel or sound expensive. Uh, they could be very elaborate and involved. If I could just say, if people could uh, handle just church planters the way that you handle church planters, um, we'd all be in just a better off position. Um, very practically, though, to answer your question, there are three ways that people can partner with us. Number one is through prayer. We would love for churches to be signing up for prayer updates. Um, every month we email out different things that we're facing as families and as a community as we seek to establish this new church for the glory of God at Queens Park. So as churches would pray with us, that would be tremendous. In the midst of lockdown, we're actually working on a prayer mission trip that churches would be able to take their members on and actually pray their way through the neighborhood with us. Wow. It's, a, it's a huge thing. Secondly, we're in need of financial partners. Um, we had a, a very large amount of money that we needed to raise for our first three years in London. And in God's incredible grace, we left for London with all but 20% of that number committed up front. Yeah. At the same time as we enter years two and three, we're still trusting God to provide for that last 20% that we'll need yeah. to stay in and to launch these requisite ministries. Yeah. And third, wow. We'd love for people to come with, come over to visit us and to help us plant this church. Yeah. Um, it looks like travel might be locked up for the next couple of months, but it won't stay like this forever. And yeah. we would love for churches to actually come over to see London for themselves and to help us pray for and engage our community with gospel. 
Yeah. That's so good. You you did something that I I don't think I've ever seen a church planner do, but it was brilliant was uh, you did a, a year update video and it was, it's 40 minutes long. It's like a documentary. Um, so why'd you do that? And where can people find that? That's great, Clint. I, w- I wonder if there's a way we could, uh, include it in the show notes here. Of course we can. Yeah, no, we can absolutely do that. Yeah. That, that'd be great. Anyone could just drop me an email, um, for, any questions, comments, queries for what we're talking about today, thomas at redeemerqp.com. The idea for the video was this. Um, it's about 13 minutes. It's the scratch and sniff tour of our team in the neighborhood. You know, it's like, okay, here's who's here. Here's where they are. Here's what they're trying to do. And here's how they're trying to do it. That's about 12 to 13 minutes long. But uh, we, we were thinking like, man, for, for many of the people that have actually already partnered with us and support us, what can we even provide them as a gift for coming along? And we yeah. had the idea for taking people on a Christian, uh, Christian heritage walking tour of London. So Ben Virgo is a wonderful yeah. man who leads the Christian heritage of London. And the Christian heritage of London is a nonprofit entity in London tasked with preserving the Christian story of London and promoting it today. Okay. So we went to our friend Ben and we basically said, man, um, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of people that have been praying for us that have been supporting us in a number of ways from, you know, financial contributions to peanut butter and a care package. And we're just like, man, we just want to provide something to encourage people. And our dear friend, Ben takes us on a 22 minute walking tour of the old city of London, telling us the Christian story. Um, there's, there's a very practical reason we did this. It's because planting in London, um, all city, there are no insignificant people, so there are no insignificant places. At the same time, God has uh, chosen to operate through London in a way where when the gospel has made its way through London, there are undeniable ways that world history has been affected by it. Right. And that's a story that's there to be told. And it actually, it actually um, creates the historical and theological context for the work that we're doing in a small neighborhood. So by putting together a little scratch and sniff tour with a pretty robust um, documentary piece about what God's done in London before, it's our way of just telling a few people, thank you. Thank you for supporting us in this last year. Here's some of what God's done before. Would you pray with us that he can do it again? And for any people that might come across this for the first time, it really helps build the historical and theological significance of London and investing in a tough place like London. That's great. Thomas, thanks for taking the time to talk to me today about this. Thank you for your faith and going and spreading the gospel in uh, in London. And I just pray that God would take care of you guys and provide every need that you possibly have and use you beyond your wildest imagination. Hey, Clint, do you know what causes people to find a podcast in the store when they do a search? No. It's the reviews. If people give reviews and stars, that is... That's one of the most important things. That's so done. what you're saying is there could be some person in Arizona who is feeling God calling them to plant a church. Yeah. And they go to iTunes thinking, I wonder if there's a church planting podcast. And that's they what type I would in do. church planting podcast, which is in fact the name of our podcast. Yes. And our podcast doesn't show up first because there aren't enough reviews. Sad. That's it's sad. really sad. I mean, to think about that, they're probably going to get some some other podcast, yeah. inferior podcast. And this is free. It's free. This is free. It's totally free. All they can, you just go in and 
help us out. Leave help a review. Out. Yeah. Thanks. We will not. We will not do a shareathon like the Christian Radio does. <laughs> we're not gonna. We're not gonna browbeat you. We're not gonna. We're not gonna ask for anything from you except for just write down words. Even if you write down about how you don't like us, that's fine. Yeah, we have uh, terrible radio faces. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Church Planning Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast app. Today's episode of the Church Planting Podcast is sponsored by New City Network, the church planting ministry of McLean Bible. A special thanks to today's guest, Josh Taransky, produced today's show. Nick Bashane was our editor. Thanks to Hudson Taransky, who provided administrative and web support for the program. And last but not least, thanks to you for listening all the way through to the very end of the Church Planting Podcast. If you'd like more information about our show, feel free to visit our website at www.churchplantingpodcast.org. There you can find all of our past episodes, as well as notes and links from today's show. We are also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, so be sure to check us out on the social. And tune in next week for another episode of the Church Planting Podcast.